Yo, what is going on, guys? This is the FBL Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Will. And Oz. And we're here to talk about Game Week 33, right in the middle of all the Champions League fixtures and FA Cup fixtures and whatnot. So before we get started, check us out on Twitter at FBL Talk Podcast. Check out our website, FBLTalk.com. Support us on Patreon and PayPal. Check us out on iTunes and SoundCloud. Rate, review, subscribe. Let's get into it. So what did you think of the previous Game Week? Well, Arsenal's back. It seems like that's for sure like a thing. And I mean, especially with Aubameyang and Mkhitaryan, uh, it seems like they've changed the course of that club. I don't know about Wenger though. He's still making like weird decisions, like putting in Mkhitaryan towards like the last like 15 minutes of the game or something. But uh, yeah, they shut out Stoke pretty bad, and Stoke is just facing a higher and higher chance of relegation every week that goes by. Yeah, I mean, they Arsenal in that game, I thought they played pretty badly. But majority of the game, I thought Stoke coped pretty well, and uh, at times I thought that they were gonna, you know, possibly go up ahead of Arsenal. It just seems like Stoke, whenever they have like a decision that goes against them, it just seems like they they just completely crash out of the game, and I, I think that's really what happened towards the end. Yeah, they, I mean, they just like completely gave up and what just let three goals go in. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it was I mean, two, two of them were PKs, but yeah, that's PKs, that's but. pretty. I mean, the defending there is kind of questionable. Well, I think Aubameyang's a really good uh, option up front, you know, being that he did score the two goals. But also, he doesn't he's he can't play in any of the Europa League games because uh, you know he wasn't registered in in the club and he got transferred in mid season. So, well, actually, it's because he he played in the Europa League with Borussia Dortmund. So that's that's why he can't play, which means that he's going to be utilized in all, pretty much all the the Premier League. Yeah, so he's not going to be rotation prone, and he's not going to be like. He's not going to have risk for being injured and whatnot. So, I mean, Aubameyang is probably the person to get from Arsenal. Yeah, definitely. I think the really one area, though, is that I think there's a lot of better options in terms of looking forward to the double game week and game week 34 in terms of the forward line. Right. But until then, and even afterwards, Arsenal just have really great fixtures. And yeah, a lot of their players are going to be rotated, but Aubameyang is just one of those players that's not going to because he can't play in the Europa League. Right, and I mean, like, people like Lacazette, I wouldn't even bother, like, bringing him in because, yeah, the rotation, and, I mean, Aubameyang has shown us that he can do, like, way more than Lacazette, and he even gave up his PK that game yeah. for Lacazette. So. <laughs> yeah, it was really frustrating I mean, I, for yeah. a, lot of, a lot of Aubameyang goals. Respect, respect to Aubameyang. Could have had a hat-trick, but... Yeah, the Chelsea-Tottenham game, though, that was uh, that was pretty crazy. I mean, Chelsea started off with the scoring, and I'm pretty sure a lot of Spurs fans were just, I mean, hopeless at that point. But Spurs brought it back. Like, Erickson, Ali, like... I'm surprised Son didn't do anything. Actually, I think he assisted... He was the reason, like, Ali got the second goal or the first one or whatever. But overall, Spurs came back and they showed them who's boss. The Erickson goal at halftime really just changed the flow of the game. And, and afterwards, you know, Deli Ali, he's just an amazing player. Uh, I, I think he's probably frustrated that he didn't start the England games. So he really has a point to prove now because if he doesn't, he's not going to be starting in the World Cup. Yeah, but to be fair, I mean, we haven't seen a lot of Ali lately, like especially maybe like 10, 15 game weeks. Like he started off really good at the beginning of the season and then he disappeared for most of it. Now, we, I mean, he could be back. It could just be that game. But we also saw Harry Kane come in, which is really surprising because he was supposed to, he wasn't supposed to be back until two weeks from now. So, I mean, seeing, seeing Kane back on the field is just confirming that he actually wants to keep up with Salah in terms of goals, and he has that in the back of his head. So he's going to try to do whatever he can to get that golden boot. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was kind of surprised to see Pochettino throw him in 
for the last few minutes, but I think whatever game time that he can get is really useful for him at this point. Right, and I mean, like substitutions like that, you can just tell like he's, I mean, Kane's probably just desperate. He's like begging Pochettino to, to put him in. And I mean, he Pochettino understands. Kane, Kane's trying to like break a record and he's on par with Salah. I mean, he's behind by three or four goals, but he's going to try to catch up for sure. Ben Davies, probably standout defender by far this whole season. Other than Vertonghen and maybe like Trippier, but I mean, Alderweireld, ever since his injury, he's just been like off the radar. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, on top of Ben Davis, though, I think Andrew Robertson for Liverpool has been pretty much a standout performer. He didn't really start in the beginning of the season, but since he started, he's been a really consistent player for them. And I, I think you're you're right in terms of Ben Davies. You know, I think those are really the two standout yeah. left backs in the Premier League. And he scores a lot, and he assists. And I mean, same with Robertson. Yeah, we can say the same about Alonso. It's just Chelsea's not in the best spot right now. Yeah, we didn't even see anything from Hazard. It was mainly Murata and Moses, if anything. Like the defenders and defensive mids. And yeah, I don't know what it was about Chelsea or maybe just Tottenham just kept them in check. You know, and then they won that game, made it seem easy. And bada boom, bada bam. Spurs are in contention for Champions League now. Yeah, I would even go so far as to say that you know, Chelsea are pretty much out. I mean, they're 10 points behind Liverpool, although they do have a game in, game in hand. But uh, they're eight points behind spurs now so unless one of those teams slip up there's absolutely no chance that chelsea i mean a lot can happen in six games six games times three for each win that's 18 they could get 18 points yeah. and change yeah, everything i mean but, honestly even city maybe or how many more games the city have to win to secure the title well if they win against manchester united that's uh, it that's it you know it's game wow. secured so it's yeah. really set up to be a um, spectacular finish for them but yeah i'm really looking forward to that game next week yeah, and uh, speaking of City, they beat Everton 3-1. And honestly, it was, um, yeah, we saw Sané and Sterling and David Silva just all over the place. KDB, we haven't seen a goal from him in a while. But yeah, your usual boys, usual rotation, doing a lot of work. I mean, Aguero's bound to come back, I think, the next game week or the one after. But yeah, City has a lot to worry about. They're playing Liverpool in the Champions League. And I would be careful about City players and kind of thinking twice about who to bring in and who to take out. Because that's going to matter a lot in the next two, three game weeks. Yeah, I, I would definitely go along with that because, as you mentioned, Liverpool and Manchester United are two really top teams that are going to be playing against Man City. I would expect a lot of rotation there, especially because I think Man City really wants to get the title sealed off. And there's no really real better way to do it against their top rivals. And honestly, I think even if they do, I mean, the next two fixtures for City are going to be really tough. And even if they do lose those... I think they have a straight, easy shot till the end of the season, so they can just like secure it after that. And once it's secured, you you'd imagine that you know they're they're going to prioritize Champions League over the Premier League, right? And if anything, maybe Guardiola is going to think about putting his like secondary players to play. But then again, there's also a lot of records to be broken, so maybe Guardiola is just going for that and to be the manager who did that. You know? Yeah, that's true. But I, I think uh, you're right that uh, in terms of getting players more more playtime, some of the secondary players, I, I think you have to play a certain amount of games to actually get a Premier League winner's medal. Uh, so for those players that are sort of on the edge in terms of getting the right amount of fixtures, he might start to play those players as well. Yeah. I mean, I don't see why not. So... Everton couldn't really do much that game. I mean, they are playing against the champions. And Balazzi's been out for a lot of the season because of his injury. And honestly, I don't remember him being that good. But, I mean, he's 
almost like a completely different player now. I mean, he was a half chance that basically went went in. No, but I mean, I'm talking about Balazzi, like his performance in the last like three, ever since he came back from his injury. He kind of came back at the same time as or, as when Tosin came in. And I think together they're doing really well. So maybe Everton's got that going for them. Uh, Calvert-Lewin has completely disappeared. He used to be the go-to like cheap forward option at the beginning of the season. But yeah, now that we're towards the end, Everton has changed a lot. A lot of the teams actually changed because of the transfers and whatnot. So, I don't know. We'll see what Everton can do. Uh, they seem like they're on the right track. They're just playing like difficult teams. And not until game week 34 are they going to have like good fixtures, maybe easy fixtures for them so they can get some wins in there. Uh, Leicester against Brighton, though. That was honestly a Brighton-dominant game yeah, up until the, was, like, the last the, like, minute the of the game. The scoreline doesn't doesn't tell the full story yeah <laughs> like 2-0 is so unfair to yeah. say that oh yeah. Leicester like beat Brighton 2-0 it's no. a good impressive save from Schmeichel and a last minute goal from Vardy to to really seal that win for Leicester yeah and I mean if you look at Gross and Murray and like all their other players like they they did really well I mean they had so many chances to score but yeah they didn't they got unlucky and who knows I mean if Leicester can can keep this streak then they're on like they're gonna go up like fast they could even surpass Burnley. So, Brighton, they seem promising. I mean, they're a really good team. They're just, like, unlucky. Yeah, I mean, they're strong enough to stay in the Premier League, I think, especially with the, oh, yeah, for sure. the I mean, look the at bottom three teams are playing right yeah, now. Yeah, it's just terrible. I mean, and they're just fighting, like, by one-point difference, like, at the bottom of the table just to avoid relegation. So, Burnley played West Brom. Not much to really say about that game other than Barnes's goal. That's probably my goal of the week. It was when you see the goal, you just feel like he's gonna bike it, and then he changes his mind. He wants to like head it in, and then he last minute just kicks it with his foot. It's still like a really nice like motion. It's a really like tough play, and he just whacks it into the goal. And across in here, he's on one towards the back post. Barnes, yes! oh, what a goal! It's four in four for Ashley Barnes. What a finish, right footed. So that, I mean, honestly, that impressed me, especially coming from Barnes from Burnley. Yeah, West Brom is, I don't know, there's, it feels, <laughs> feels like there's just no hope. Like, what miracle do they need to win? I don't think there are any miracles left. Yeah, West Brom, their season's pretty much over, in my my opinion. It's really only a matter of time until it's confirmed that they're they're relegated. And, yeah, there's really nothing that uh, Alan Pardew has done since he's came in. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, like I keep saying every, every time we record an episode, I say the only option from West Brom is Rodriguez. And... Well, maybe you could go I, for Solomon Rondon. He's he's scored the last maybe, two Maybe, but anyway, what I was trying to say is I think the only teams that probably have Rodriguez are the teams that kind of didn't really increase their value throughout the season and they can only afford like a, a forward that's as expensive as Rodriguez. But I don't see any top like ranking teams in FPL having Rodriguez at all. It's just a gamble. I mean, West Brom is, is done. Has nothing else to say about him, honestly. West Ham, though, crushed Southampton. Arnautovic is back. Could have had a hat-trick that game, right? Yeah. Southampton, just uh, another team that's sort of similar to Stoke. They just seem to crush, crash under pressure when they don't get, you know, one or two decisions their way. And, uh, you know, they played really well. They started off really well. But, you know, West Ham just eventually blew them out of the park. Yeah, and Southampton, a lot of their players are recovering. Like, they have all their defenders back and whatnot. But West Ham... They're having a lot of their players recover too. So they have Chicharito coming back. I don't know if that's a good thing because that might throw off things for Arnautovic and Lanzini's coming back too. Uh, Kiate's been doing really well. Do you think uh, Southampton will get relegated or do you think they have a shot at uh, staying up? At this point, I think if West Ham keeps up what they're doing, Southampton's going to go. They're, they're, I mean, 
they don't really have any good players. Like at this point, define good players. It's like all the teams that are like consistently score and like not concede a million goals. So Southampton, West Brom, they're just they're going. West Ham still has hope. I mean, if they carry themselves really well, they can probably get stoked to get relegated. Manchester United and Swansea. Yeah, just a really solid win for Manchester United. Uh, and Alexis Sanchez, probably the standout performer of this game week. I've yeah, really we haven't a seen a lot from Sanchez. I mean, I would love to have him on my team. He's just way too fucking expensive. He's, what, 11.5? Yeah, I mean... And that you, makes no sense to bring you, him in. You would expect him to get at least a goal and assist every game. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, part. we have Salah. Salah's, what, he hit 10 at this point? Yeah, I'd rather pick Salah any day over... Even Gross. I'd pick Gross over... Sanchez just for his price. You have Sterling, you have Sané, all those players like way cheaper. I I don't understand why Sanchez. I mean, I guess the price is fixed in FPL since the beginning of the season. It either goes down because of transfers or goes up. Yeah, he was the star of Arsenal. Now he's kind of, we'll see if he can actually explode before the end of the season. Yeah, Swansea was pretty much non-existent in terms of offense. Just, uh, I mean, it's to be expected against Manchester United at home. But, uh, yeah, I was, I was sort of expecting to see them, you know, challenge to Hale a little more. Yeah, it feels like, honestly, five teams should be relegated, not three. Like, the way this season is going on, it's just there's a lot of lacking effort from all these, like, bottom table teams. So, relegation should be five teams. Huddersfield, Newcastle, it was a whatever game. Honestly, like, I mean, we saw a lot of chances from Newcastle. I mean, they are dominating most of the game. And Huddersfield... I don't know, it's just a big question mark. There's like I don't really see anything appealing about them anymore. Not even Mounier, not even Moy or Yeah, I think they're really the team that really gives Stoke or Southampton a chance of surviving in the Premier League. If if you know they can win against uh, you know, some of their up, upcoming opponents, although they're difficult, if Huddersfield continues losing, you know, they could definitely they could definitely survive, I think. They're within touching distance. Yeah, and I mean, the last remaining teams that we didn't talk about, Bournemouth, Crystal Palace, and Watford, they're kind of all on the same page. They're, you don't know what's going to happen. They're on the upper edge of the bottom table. Uh, you know they have a lot of firepower. They could, especially Bournemouth. Uh, Crystal Palace, especially also with Zaha back. They have all those players, and Bournemouth is known to just come back, at least this season, from like losing and just like winning games or tying even. Watford is is a gamble. Not as bad as like the other teams we talked about, but they do have a lot of talented players. Except their last game against Bournemouth was pretty bad. I mean, it seemed like it was D3 level, not even like Premier League. They were just like kicking the ball everywhere, and it kind of just, to their luck, went into the goal, and they had two goals against Bournemouth. But that's exactly why Bournemouth tied. So, I mean, it's looking like until the end of the season, the teams that have like the really good fixtures are going to be Arsenal, Chelsea, Leicester. It's like all the big teams, Liverpool... Uh, Tottenham has like an up and down because they're playing a lot of the really better teams and it's looking like that for Manchester United too so it's going to be pretty easy it's just going to be hard to like it's going to be an easy pick it's going to be hard to manage your funds because a lot of these teams have a lot of expensive players and you want to get as most of them as possible on your team because you know they're going to output way more than the other shitty teams but then again if you put two shitty teams against each other it's just a clusterfuck of players yeah we have to be vigilant about uh the double game weeks though you know what teams are going to have double game weeks liverpool yes they have great fixtures but they don't have a double game week in 34 yeah i mean just like we're gonna have chelsea and tottenham and and i think arsenal too we'll talk more in detail uh, next episode i think like right before the double game week starts but yeah you're gonna have to consider that because there's gonna be eight teams in the double game week 
So I guess plan ahead or ready yourself for a double game week. Because even the weak teams can help with that. Yeah, I think it was 12, 12 teams that are playing in the double Okay, game. yeah, so it's eight teams that are not playing. Okay, yeah. So we'll save that for the next episode. But did you mention where your goal of the game week was? Uh, no, but I, if I had to pick, it'd definitely go to Erickson. Just a amazing long long shot knuckleball. Yeah, I mean, he whacked it from like way far out. It did go into the center, but it was it was a pretty good shot. Okay, let's take a quick break and then start the second segment in a bit. Alright, and we're back to talk about our teams. You want to go first? Sure, yeah. So, real quick, I did blow average. I was really disappointed. That's really all I want to say. I mean, I, yeah, okay, I will say who my point getters were because that's what we usually do, but... Pretty much just Robertson with 8, Salah 14, and Vardy with 6, Sterling with 7. That's it. I'm I'm really disappointed. I don't know if you can tell or not, but I didn't do well. I just had a shit ton of red arrows, and I had Milivojevic on the bench, so that kind of made me really mad. I really hate Wenger. Like, he brought in Mkhitaryan pretty late, so that kind of really affected my team. Yeah, if that... only he just like kept him as a sub, like why would you even bring him in so late in the game? I could have had auto-sub with Milivojevic. But you were really disappointed with Murray's penalty kick as well. Yeah, I mean, if he would have scored, it would have covered the Aubameyang penalty. But uh, because he didn't score, it's it's like having <laughs> like double the effect. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's whatever. How'd you do, man? Yeah, so I was really pleased with my performance uh, in Game Week 32. I, I got rid of a lot of the players that I didn't want in Game Week 31. You know, players from Bournemouth, uh, Stoke, Liverpool, uh, Pickford. You know, the Liverpool players I wanted to keep. But, uh, you know, because they don't have a double game week coming up, the only player that I felt that I really needed was Salah. Um, so there's no way I was dropping him. But I brought in players like Alonso, Smalling, Lowton from Burnley. Also De Gea, I doubled up on the Manchester United defense, which I think was a pretty good move. Yeah, that's a good idea, actually. Uh, brought in Son, Mares, Willian, kind of like the template midfielders. And then up top, I went with Vardy and Aubameyang. And I, I think that really sets me up nicely going forward. Because a lot of these teams, especially Leicester, uh, Chelsea, Spurs, even United, have double game weeks coming up. And on top of that, I sort of pick players that sort of allow me to be a little flexible with my transfers going forward. If I want to upgrade to Kane in game week 34, I can definitely do that. By Are dropping. you going to do that? I could if I wanted to. I could drop you know, someone like Willian, Son, or Mares, even Gross I, I, I brought in. I, I could potentially drop him for you know a shitty midfielder. And bring in upgrade to Kane or even Lukaku. So that's sort of my plan going forward. And uh, yeah, I think I'm really set up nicely for to finish the season. Yeah. So I mean, I dropped down to 50k. I'm still hoping I can make 10k or even less by the end of the season. Um, what are you at this point? Uh, I'm actually right behind you um, around the 50k mark as well. I'm actually only, only one point behind, so that makes a lot of oh, sense. Wow, why? Yeah. <laughs> um, what about the price for your team? What is it at this point? Should be pretty similar. Yeah, it's at uh, 102.6. I dropped. Oh yeah, two in the bank, so 102.8. Yep. Yeah, I'm at 103 point now, so yeah, it is it is pretty close. But the upcoming game week is actually what's worrying me. Actually, the upcoming two game weeks because the one after that is double. So I'm trying to bring in all these players as much as I can. You did really well with your wild card. Yeah, that was like timed really well. Well, I I planned to do this, and you know. Prior to game week 31, because I brought in all the game week 31 players, 
And then afterwards, I knew I was going to play my wild card. Yeah, I need to get rid of him. So, I mean, the problem is I was not expecting Kane to play last game. Like, I wasn't even expecting him to play in game week. Like, not till the double game week, actually. But he got on. He seemed like he was really desperate. So, I'm worried Kane's going to play next game. And they're playing against Stoke. And Stoke yeah, is not doing yeah, well. So, uh... he might do some work, you know. So, I think I'm going to hop on that train and get... Came back as fast as I can. Yeah, I think a lot of managers... value is going to go up. Definitely. I think a lot of managers are are on the edge on that one. Um, That's what my captain's easy I, I'm to go certainly, to. <laughs> I'm certainly uh, scared of, of Harry Kane, but I don't think I'm going to make the move yet at this point. I'm, I'm even considering leaving him out for the double game week, which is going to be a huge, huge risk. And one that That's I'm really scared for. Sounds but really stupid. <laughs> it, could, it could potentially be a great differential if it pulls off, but... Uh, yeah, not quite sure what I'm going to do at this point, but uh, yeah, definitely leaning towards getting Kane in game week 34. Yeah, I mean, Everton is playing Liverpool, so it's going to be a little tougher for Salah to score. Right. So maybe the captaincy on him, a lot of people are going to like take off and maybe put on Kane if they have him. Maybe Aubameyang, because Arsenal has really good, easy fixtures. Yeah. That's nice. They're playing three days after the Manchester City game. So that's what really put me off a lot, a lot of the Liverpool players. I mean, Salah is definitely a must-have. Um, but really, the other players, I, I felt like I could really live without. Especially because, you know, if they're playing against Manchester City, there's no guarantee that they'll also get a lot of minutes against Everton. Yeah, I mean, Firmino, I don't know if you need to have him anymore. And, like, Mane's there. But Salah, he's on track of setting records. So I don't think Klopp is going to really, you know, like, rotate him. Or if it is a huge risk for them not to beat City... In the Champions League, or if he doesn't, if Klopp really doesn't want Salah to get injured, because I'm pretty sure at this point Champions League means more to them than Premier League, because there's no way they're going to win Premier League. So they'd rather kind of beat City, have their A team against them. Yeah, but at the same time, I, I feel like they do really need to seal Champions League for next next season as well. I mean, yeah, Champions League's definitely important, but I think in terms of priority, Klopp's probably going to prioritize both. Both he's going to come out with strong teams, probably play his first team. Right, I mean, yeah, you you have Real Madrid and Barcelona, you know, so it's going to be really tough for Liverpool to actually secure the final because if you win the Champions League, you automatically make it the next year. So yeah, it's just easier for them to be in the bottom three or bottom four. Yeah, yeah, and I think speaking of this game, I I think it's really crucial for, you know, it really sets apart whether or not we pick up Liverpool players or Manchester City players in the right. I mean, the last few game weeks towards the end of the season. Especially their defenders, because both teams, City and Liverpool, can't trust them. Yeah, that's true. They're so appealing, like Otamendi, Robertson, Van Dijk. Uh, Van Dijk almost had a goal that was denied by Mane, actually. Like, uh, last game, he, like, jumped up to head it in the goal, and then as it was going towards goal, it was, like, guaranteed going in. Mane hits it again with his head, and it goes way off. But, yeah, um, I guess this sort of digresses from our conversation, but... Who do you think is going to win in, in Champions League, Manchester City or Liverpool? I want Liverpool to win, uh, just just for Salah, you know, because Man City is going to win Premier League. If they if they win the Champions League, it's, I mean that's also going to be really epic. But I don't know, that's too much. That's too much in one year. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it would be super epic if Liverpool win. But at the same time, just the way Man City are playing, I feel like you know, yeah, Liverpool's already beat them once, but it takes so much energy just to beat them once. I don't know if they can do it twice. So I think that that game at Anfield is going to be really crucial. If Liverpool can win that, I think they have a pretty good chance. Yeah, but I mean, they're just delaying like the, their hardships at that point. Like if if they even beat City and they move on to the next level, they have Real Madrid and Barcelona and Sevilla, and like it's just going to be really tough. Yeah, 
Anyway, Man City's playing Man U, so that's going to be really nice to watch. Um, I'm personally looking forward to that game. It's going to be the last game on Saturday, and then Chelsea's playing West Ham, Arsenal's playing Southampton on Sunday. I think Leicester can beat Newcastle. Also think Brighton can beat Huddersfield, but the other games like Bournemouth, Crystal Palace, and Watford, Burnley, West Brom, Swansea, they're all like same level teams playing against each other, so big question mark there. Arsenal against Southampton, the whipping boys. Yeah, Arsenal's definitely going to win. I'm expecting two goals from Aubameyang, two goals from Mkhitaryan, uh, one goal from Ramsey. That's a lot of goals. One goal from Lacazette, <laughs> yeah. I mean, at this point, shit. Uh, yeah, Yoshida's back, but whatever. I don't know, we'll see what Southampton can do. Yeah, I think Chelsea have a better fixture against West Ham. I, I know West Ham are kind of, uh, especially Arnautovic is kind of on form, but I feel like Chelsea really need a response at this point. Yeah, and Conte might just like unlock his inner Italian and be super defensive. Or he, he could get sacked before Yeah, the he could. I mean, but he's, I guess, trying to, I don't know, at least secure a win, even if it's like a 1-0, but they want to keep a clean sheet. They don't want to draw. They want to keep winning because... Yeah, he might lose his job. Yeah, I mean, for me, he's definitely leaving at the end of the season. There's no way he stays. Yeah, that's what we said about Wenger last year. Well, I, I just feel like there's just too many problems that they're having in the backroom staff. I mean, Conte definitely wants to go. <laughs> his friends are even coming out in media, sort of acting as a, a mediator, saying that you know he's, he wants to leave anyways. <laughs> yeah, like, he's done. He's done. So I think he's definitely done. So who would you bring in? Uh, for me, well, it sort of depends on your... Your situation, but I, I've decided to hedge my bets with uh, Obama Young, especially against Southampton. We already mentioned he's probably going to score a lot of goals. But you know it's true. Uh, Vardy against Newcastle. Vardy, or I should say Vardy and Mares. I think those yeah, are you two, need those two for two sure. standout players. In terms of Chelsea, though, I'm, I'm not really quite sure. I have Alonso and Willie in it, so I think those. That's what I was going to try to bring in too. The, those are the two players that you probably want from. From Chelsea, especially William, because he's a lot cheaper than Hazard, and Hazard's not really putting up the points to justify the price. Right, William is a beast, and I think actually a lot of teams are going to have a lot of the same players for for the double game week. Yeah, I mean, they're going to start bringing them in for game week thirty three, but the real differential is going to be from who captains who later on, and who doesn't have Kane, who has Kane. I think that's going to be the biggest differential. Yeah, I mean, I, I think another one too is whether or not you play De Gea against Manchester City because you know that's that's a game where you you feel like Manchester United are probably going to sit back a lot De Gea's going to get a shit ton of saves no matter what yeah what well, he could also <laughs> have a shit ton of goals on him yeah know, that's well I don't know it's De Gea and yeah De Gea, De Gea is probably the best keeper in, in Premier League right now so I mean there's huge potential for him to rack up a lot of points but at the same time it's probably not, not likely with with City's form. Yeah, I think De Gea for me at this point, if I, I mean, I didn't bring him in at the end of the season and it's going to be really hard for me to bring him in now. So who knows what I can do? Maybe take out Fabianski and put someone else who's going to play twice. But in terms of game week 33, I think bringing in, just like making sure at least that you have like Alonso, someone from Manchester United, Arsenal defenders even, because Arsenal's been doing really well. I mean, they just, their style has changed. Yeah, as well as uh, players that have a double game week in 34. So we already mentioned Arsenal, Spurs. Right, like you have Mustafi, Monreal. I mean, Kolasinac is going to come back from recovery, and he's really good. So if you don't have Gross, Lingard even is a huge option. Um, yeah, he's pl- playing really well as of late. Really yeah. doing it for England as well. As well. <laughs> as well. Yeah, and Rashford, we haven't seen as much from him as much as we see from Lingard, but... 
And Lingard is actually really cheap. Lingard is the same price as Gross, which makes no sense. They're both $6 million, and if you had to make me choose from both of those, I'd pick Lingard. Well, I mean, Lingard probably at the beginning of the season, you, you wouldn't expect that he was going to start the, as many games as he right. as and he did. score as many goals as he did. Right. So that's probably why he's rated so low. I think next season he'll probably be, probably be around the 7-8 mark. So, yeah, who would you captain? I'm sort of contemplating captaining Arsenal. Probably the safest bets, Salah. But because of that Manchester City game, it's not. I'm not quite sure who I'm going to captain yet. But I'm I'm leaning towards Aubameyang. I'm bringing in Kane, Captain Kane. I just I can't Solid see solid option. Yeah. yeah, I mean I can't. I mean a huge actually, a big part of me feels like he's not going to do anything that game. I don't even know if he's going to start. You know, like they might not have him play the whole game because of his injury. But then again, they don't have like any other leagues they have to worry about other than the FA Cup. And I just know Kane really wants to score a lot of goals. Yeah, really I'm, I'm going to be really scared for that. Uh, but, you know, it would take me a hit, basically, to bring him in. So that's sort of the reason why I'm sort of put off by it. Yeah, I'm probably going to take negative 16 points or something. What the fuck? That's if I really want to bring all these players at once. But, yeah, something like that. I'll, I'm going to take a lot of hits. So we'll see how many hits I take. But I'm going to lose points this game week. What about clean sheets for game week 33? Clean sheets, I would definitely pick Arsenal. I think Chelsea have a pretty decent chance against West Ham. Yeah, I think Arsenal has a better chance against Southampton, though. Just because Southampton, like, they don't have any firepower. Like, the, what are they going to do? Leicester against Newcastle, I think, would probably be one of the more reasonable picks. Leicester is kind of shady, though, when it comes to... They are. I mean, they got a clean sheet in their most recent performance, and I, I know they haven't been picking up clean sheets throughout the season. I think they're... It's being hopeful to say that Leicester's going to keep a clean sheet. But at the same time, Newcastle haven't been scoring a lot of goals either. Right. You know, a lot of their games, they they if they do win, you know, they're only scoring like one goal or so. So I feel like uh, Leicester could definitely pull that off. Spurs for sure. Yeah, I think Spurs. Uh, it, it, yeah, they have Shakiri. Shakiri can take that shot from outside the eighteen. And yeah, like, I mean Stoke really need to step up their game, so they could do that against Spurs. But realistically, I think Spurs are going to probably keep one. Liverpool, I'm not going to say they're going to keep a clean sheet because it's Everton. Yeah, the Merseyside derby. You can never count on which team's going to win that game. But, uh, yeah, I expect Liverpool to, to win. I mean, that's it for my clean sheets. I mean, Burnley, maybe. But Watford is known to attack. But the way they played the last like, couple games, I don't know. Okay, so we're going to take another break. And we'll be back to talk about the league. All right, and we're back, and we're going to talk about the league, and we're going to see who won the game week first. Let's start with that. Alzami 99, right? 74 points. That's actually really crazy for that game week, because I thought it was going to be really hard to get a lot of points for actually a lot of teams, but he fucking got 74. So congrats to that guy. I think the person who was behind him was you, wasn't it? You got 60 points. Or there was, yeah, Gregory United was 62 and then you came in right after with 60 points. So, yeah, and honestly, everyone else in the league was below average or was, like, hovering around, like, 50 points. Most of the people were, were below average. Yeah, so that puts you in third place. Studley United is in fourth. I know last episode we talked about how that could happen, and it's a reality. I can't believe you've done this. I wonder if um, Gregory United is going to pass him. He's only eight points away from Studley. Yeah, Gregor United has a really solid team, I think. He's only has one striker, so... 
Yeah, that's that's a huge risk. I mean, I know Spartans did that too. I think Spartans is still with that formation. Um, but he's actually been doing it like all season. Like he's been having the same sort of four-five-one uh, formation. He goes with it quite often. Gregor United? Yeah. No, he doesn't. Yeah, except for recently, Spartans has always kept like a kind of one forward team, like Firmino. He relies heavily on Liverpool and Chelsea players and City. So I think, as we mentioned previously, a lot of the, probably the entire bottom half of the table is just ghosted at this point. No one really cares about the league anymore. Uh, I know Benteke Fried Chicken is still in because I checked the scores and he's still taking hits. So it means he's active. I don't know when there was a week that he didn't take a hit, so... But what else are you going to do if you're at the bottom of the table, you know? Yeah, and Wijnaldum Leviosa still hovering around the 10K. Yeah, I can't believe he's actually a lot of points ahead of me. I was hoping that I could catch up to him this game week, but we ended up with almost the same points, so... I don't know what I have to do to kind of hit first place, but that's actually a lot of points. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's... uh, Well, I'm only one point behind you, so it's like 53, 54 points behind still doable that's a full game week yeah but uh yeah it's really tough i think he's really running away with this uh competition what about the dream team so the dream team schmeichel and goal chilwa on defense we have uh masuaku actually we had like three west ham players which was insane because that it wasn't like it was like the previous game week we only had like four fixtures or something but anyway masuaku and we had lahone or however you pronounce his name Guy from Newcastle I've never heard of, actually. I didn't actually, know. I've never heard of him either. Yeah, and he immediately makes Later. the dream team. DeAndre Yedlin. Yeah, I mean, Yedlin's in the fucking dream team. Good for him. And Ali makes it. I think he's been in the dream team three times total now, but he hasn't been in the dream team since maybe before game week five or something. And we got Arnautovic, Sanchez, David Silva again. I mean, this guy is just on crazy form. And Joao Mario, I think that's how you say his name. And Aubameyang in front. The only forward to make to the Dream Team this game week. So think about actually getting some of these players. Because they are actually really cheap. This Dream Team overall is is pretty cheap. Sanchez is probably the most expensive player on this team. And it's actually a miracle that he made it on there. I figured like maybe Lukaku or, or someone else would be on the Dream Team. But he did do really well that game. Yeah, so let's talk about uh, crazy predictions. Yeah, what's your crazy prediction? Have to go with... Uh... Hurricane Hattrick. I think that'd be pretty damn crazy. No. No? I I'm stoked. captaining him. He better score a Hattrick. He's going to catch up to Salah, man. And yours? Wait, that wasn't yours. You got to have a, uh, like a more unrealistic sake, one. Man. It's got to be crazy. Like, actually crazy, you know? I'm just going to go ahead and say De Gea scores a header. That's pretty simple, but it's pretty fun crazy. I mean, if you I think like, about it, and it's against City. I feel like that's that could be doable. You know, 1-0 one, one down. Exactly. Last, Last minute, of the, minute of the game, De Gea goes up. He's pretty fucking tall, and he just heads it in. I think Pickford almost had a, had a game where he scored. Yeah, 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 he did. Almost. Now, I mean, we've seen crazier things like uh, the Tim Howard goal from his own box. <laughs> yeah, that was actually really <laughs> crazy amazing. back in the day. I'll go. Uh, I'll, I'll pick Ederson to score a header. Okay, fair. That's very unoriginal, but that's fine. The only two goals in the game are going to be from De Gea and Ederson. <laughs> and they're going to be back-to-back. Probably. I mean, yeah, they're going to want to win that game just to seal the deal for City. So Ederson scores, and then De Gea comes with a comeback. That's way too much thinking. I don't have anything else for the episode. I'm trying to cut this segment short. And I'm really just waiting for a double game week. Because there's a lot to actually discuss about that, and there's a lot of strategies. So if you don't have anything else... So remember to check us out at fpltalk.com. We also have a Twitter, at fpltalkpodcast. Leave a like and review on SoundCloud and iTunes. 
Support us on Patreon and PayPal, and uh, we'll be here next week for game week, double game week 34. Till then, peace. Anything's fucking possible. One more. It's just one more prediction. You can even say that keeper's going to score with his head again. <laughs>